Welcome to the good life. Oh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is Welcome to the good life. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. I'm your host and coach of the Terrace crew, Matt Ricks. It was a tale of the haves and have-nots in round four, or should I say the paps and paps-nots? Those without Ryan Captainhausen and those who didn't put the C on him were hit hard with the Storm Custodian busting out a monstrous 193, just short of his 197 personal best, which was coincidentally also notched in round four in 2021. It was a weekend of high scores and tonight, to unpick it all and look forward to a, and look forward to round five are a couple of super coaches on at an opposite at the opposite ends of the spectrum. We've given Dan the night off tonight, and in his place, we welcome back coach of the big dogs, Jono. Jono, welcome back to the Pod Pod. Great to be back, boys. Thanks for having me on again. I obviously didn't stuff it up too much last week. I think um, my weekend personally was COVID affected, but my super coach teams was not, which was nice. Yeah, you mentioned that things are going quite well. Uh, tell us how you're going overall and what you scored on the weekend and and yeah, and where you're sitting in the overall rank. A tick over 1,400 on the weekend, Matt, and like you said, the, the paps and the paps nots, which I loved. I think it was definitely a weekend where you had the teams who didn't have Pappy at all, scored in one tier. The teams who had Pappy, Pappy and didn't captain him were in a middle tier and then those teams like myself who had him and captained him really setting themselves apart, and that, that got me up to 476 when it was all said and done. How good. Top 500. You've got to be got to be getting a bit dizzy up there, mate. Never been here before. Don't think I'll be staying long, but just going to enjoy it while it lasts. I had Paps captain as well, but I only managed a meagre 1250 in comparison. I had a few. It was it actually he saved my week, Paps. If I didn't have him, I would have I would have had an absolute shocker. So very very glad that he he was able to bust out that huge score. Uh, that takes me to about eight thousandth in the ranking, which I'm pretty happy with. Which I feel like I've you know made a few bad calls, but I'm still in in kind of contention and pretty happy with my how my team's set up for the future rounds. Uh, our second guest tonight is coach of Tube Tubes's pods, and no doubt. A future Talakai owner, Tubes. Tubes, how did your round five shape up for you? G'day, Matt. Um, not too bad. I had a twelve sixty four. I had Paps, but didn't captain him. Um, so overall, apart from that bit, a little bit of disappointment, I, I'm not too unhappy. Um, I probably, I wish, I might get you to run through your intros with us before next ones. The, the to just to be able to sign off on the Paps and Paps knots and whatever that is. <laughs> Who'd you end up captaining? I took a flyer on Big David for feeder um, first round when he got when it came out that he was moving to the left, and um, got a bit excited. Yeah, I was in it? a hotel room in Adelaide just watching the game, thinking, "Oh, this will be great." It's a take a bit of a punt on for feeder and just enjoy the enjoy the game. And not only was it the worst game in NRL history, but the Titans must have had about a hundred tackles in the Tigers twenty, and I don't think for feeder touched the ball once during that time so yeah it wasn't too much fun the that game if there was no try if AJ Brimson hadn't got that try at the end it would have been the first match in 29 years without a try yeah which I found was incredible statistic. <laughs> it was it was a horrible yeah. game to watch I mean I'm so I've I have jumped in the rankings I'm now up to 32,661 oh, so upward trend onwards and upwards but I have uh, come to a bit of a decision this week that I'm, I'm probably not retiring from super coach 
coach, but moving to a board level advisory capacity. So I, I right. feel like my 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 guidance towards Jono and the big dogs and and others in the groups that we'll mention is is really leading the charge. Uh, I just. I'm just not uh, uh, seeing that same level of performance with my late, late, late last-minute changes. No, no. Well, um, I don't know how much you should be giving advice. Have you ever heard of the VC option for people in for players in early games? Just uh, you mentioned there a couple of others. So a couple of uh, the the Pod Pod listeners are doing quite well. Obviously, Jono's up there in 470 something. Uh, we got Sean O, the coach of Straight Out of Moey. Uh, he had a huge week where he scored. 1,521 points, absolutely massive, and that has shot him up to 81st in the overall rankings. So he's a bit of a newbie, Sean. I think this is might be even his first season of play, and he's no stranger to rugby league, of course. Uh, he features heavily on the very popular Get Him On Side podcast with Sportsbet. Uh, but, yeah, great great that he's had a bit of a listen to the pod pod and, and well done for, for getting up into the top 100. I'm very, very jealous. Uh also in our pod pod group, we got Rob, coach of the Rudy Duties, Jared, coach of Pink Socks, coach of Canine. It's Papa Rick's dad. Yeah, he's busted a fourteen thirty seven, which takes him up to six hundred twenty seventh overall. Yeah, like I said, the advisory capacity is really working its charm there, and he finished, he did finish just outside the top thousand last year. I think about 1100th so he just he just he absorbs the the he's never been up this high though this this early on yeah, though, okay. so he's doing well i hope the pressure the pressure has got to him a couple of times in supercoach so i hope he can i hope he can maintain and and keep on pushing on but he's got a great look inside i got no doubt he will further to that the queenstown bet update and this is dire dire reading tubes do you just want to run us through that quick that quickly yeah, so Queenstown bet update for those that um, haven't heard before, where we're running a, a year-long competition where it's myself and uh, Dad against Dan and Matt, and the top score of each team's week counts towards their weekly score. It's like a four-ball approaching golf, and I partner myself with Dad, um, and sometimes it's just best to the, the best form of golf is picking the best partner, and that's what's happened here. So. With Dad's score of fourteen thirty seven and Matt and Dan's top score of twelve hundred and fifty, we have booted well and truly clear again this week, and we are leading now by two hundred and thirty seven points overall for the year. So I'm already starting to look at the Queenstown golf courses and and sort of pick out the most expensive ones. And I'm um, I'm going to be looking have you forward won a, to it. Have you won a week yet? Have you have you score? Have you put a score on the board for your team yet? Matt, one day you'll you'll go from being a doer to a manager and you'll understand that it's not about you as a person and it's about the people you put around you. And uh and so what you're saying you've shown leadership to get to get dad's good scores each exactly. week. Exactly. Perfect. Well, yeah, 237, I feel like we're already we're already losing track of that. That that's getting right away from us. So uh let's look, it's a long season. Your team's not well set up at all. Um, so I think we've got you covered most weeks. We just got to figure out how we can overtake. I Dad beat you this game. week. Yeah, I'm just saying it doesn't matter. You st- you still haven't put a score on the board. Anyway, let's get straight into the teams list for this week. So the big one first up is uh, Newcastle and Manly Thursday night. Now Turbo out for four to six with a medial knee injuries, having surgery to fix that. Popular, popular cheapy stubby cooler uh, takes his place at fullback. He's 175K on the bubble this week. No doubt be a popular trading target. Other quick changes there, Christian Tui Pilotu, Rooster, I believe, is 
in the centers with Brad Parker in the reserves. For the Knights, Tyson Frizzell is named, but is under an injury cloud with some hamstring tightness. Leo Thompson moves back to the bench in a bit, a little bit of a blow to his owners, but um, I'm sure he still should see good minutes to be a slow burn. Uh, and then Tubes, the big news, bye-bye Bullymore. Yeah, I think we covered him last week, Matt. He's gone. Yeah, I'm just he's 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 he left tubes as puzzle and he's and he, he just wanted to bring him. it up. All good, all good. Uh, Jono, stubby cooler. Are you going to be bringing him in this week on the bubble? I am definitely going to bring him in. I'm not sure if him at fullback is a good thing or a bad thing. I think I'd rather him be in the centres with Turbo at fullback, just because you wonder how much Manly's attack is going to fall to without Turbo there. But I think he's at basement price. He actually brought pretty good base to the board last week. That might drop at fullback, but then you hope that he makes it up with attacking stats. So I don't think he's a he's a must-have. I think if you can only have one of him and the, and the cheapie we'll talk about later on, Tail and May, I think May's the obvious standout, but I, I think he's a great trade-in target for this week. Yeah, he, he wasn't on my radar with – he had the, obviously had the four in his rolling average – Four? Yeah, from round one when they played Penrith. Now he's got the 59. That four will drop out. He's actually interested me more now that he's at fullback. The only problem I've got with him is that I'll probably have to play him in my 17 if I get him, given that we've got Billy Smith injured and I've got a couple of Nuffs or Valaya from the Warriors and Schiller from the, the, the Raiders. So I'd probably have to play Cooler, which I don't know how comfortable I'd be with that. Tubes, what about you? Can I just confirm this stubby Cooler thing have you just made that up or is that a thing that's going around uh, at the moment? That's a thing. I think it's it's, it's a, a thing. thing. Yeah, okay. It's going around. Yeah. It's yeah, I, I know I know tubes that your prep is not thorough, but look, <laughs> when I bring something like that in, it's usually because I've heard it or I've just made it up. It doesn't stubby matter. cooler though. I just um, it, it, it never heard it before. So I think I'll be waiting. I know his break even's minus six. I think He's definite trading target if you've got the luxury of a trade or you've got a center wing that you're looking at getting rid of. I'll definitely be bringing May in this week like the other serious super coaches that don't already have him and I just probably can't fit that luxury of getting uh, Stubby Cooler in this week but he'll he'll be definitely be on the radar in the next week or so as well. My only hesitation if there was any at all is still just not quite understanding, you know, when – Turbo is back, whether or not he's going to go back into the center wing and all of that, but surely there's enough time for him to make cash. Can I ask you boys both just on the Turbo topic? You're both Olakawatu owners, as am I. I'm a little bit concerned that, yeah, with Turbo coming out of that team, what it actually does mean for their attack because I think Olakawatu is not a guy you want in your team purely on base. He's someone in that second row position that you're hoping is going to bring attacking stats to the board as well. Do you guys have concerns that Manly's attack could really just die without Turbo on the team like it did last year? Yeah, like it's obviously impacted, but I don't think it. I don't think it affects Olakawatu too much. Cherry will take the vast majority of the ball down there, especially on the right where Olakawatu is. Yeah, like they're, they're obviously a, a worse side and will probably score less points with Turbo out. But yeah, I mean you, you're probably talking a small percentage decrease for Olakawatu. I'm not that concerned. I'm a bit more concerned about his base output, even though it was good to see him get 80 minutes last week. Um, he hasn't scored as well as he did in round two or even round one. So yeah, a little bit frustrating Olakawatu. I think he only got 56 with a try. So 
yeah, that's a little bit scary. Hopefully he can have a bounce back week this week. Just while we're on Talon May there, I know he's not manly. I was surprised 28% of teams bought him in last week. Well done to those teams. They obviously were some of the big ones. Um, Jono, did you say you had him already or you're getting him this week? No, I, I didn't get him last week. I've been burnt too many times in the past by someone getting injured when you bring him that week early. So happy, happy to wait. Although, yeah, like you said, well done to those people who brought him in and particularly those who who played him as well because obviously it worked out very nicely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We flagged that on the pod last week. He was a definite play if you were to bring him in. Right, let's move on to the second game of the round, uh, which is, I'm just getting my notes up, uh, Warriors and Cowboys. So for the for the Warriors, uh, AFB is named in the reserves. He's under an injury cloud going into this one. So he still might play, they reported today, but um, yeah, in the reserves for now. So that's obviously very relevant for his owners. Uh, and then the only change for the Cowboys is Scott Drinkwater comes in at fullback for Hammer. Uh, Tubes, you were a Hammer owner. Um, do you still own him or have you already traded him out? Nah, he left last week, um, so no real effect there. I was a bit surprised to see Drinkwater named at fullback and Val staying in the centres. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think for those that hadn't shifted the hammer, time to for him to go. Yeah, Drinky's obviously got a few defensive problems. I think everyone likes him as an attacking player, but I think he had like the most missed tackles last year, so you can't really put him in the front line. And they probably want to just keep Val consistent there in the centres. Jono, how are you feeling about – how are you feeling kind of about the back row there at the at the Cowboys? Obviously, Tamalolo got pushed up to the front row, and Ruben Cotter is a guy who's come in and got sort of scores around the 60 mark for his first two games of the season. Uh, I think Ruben Cotter is actually a really sneaky pot option for this week and maybe a good alternate to Fermor and Talakai. I was actually looking today. He's, he's being brought in by less than 1% of teams. Um, so mm. definitely much lower than those other options. So I think he's very interesting. 59 minutes a game, he's averaging 57.5 in base, which is incredible. Like he, he's, he's got those scores without any attacking stats whatsoever. So I think he's a real legitimate option. I, he's going to go up about 40K this week. But if you were to get him next week, you, you'd still be looking at about potentially 90K in price rises if he sits around that 50 to 55 average mark. So I think he's a, a really good potential pickup, Ruben Cotter. Yeah, 0.6 of teams have only bought him in this week, raising his ownership to 2.7%. So, yeah, he's not like the – he's not the sexy trade. Dom, to use one of your favourite Supercoach terms. But, yeah, I think you're going to get those steady price rises from him. Um, and he should go to around, you know, 550K, I think, in the next month uh, if he can keep busting out those 60s. So 170K increase, nothing to be sneezed at. And, yeah, as an alternate to Firm or Italikai, uh, I think – he could be a very sneaky option. Do you have anything concern- else to say on that? Sorry, Jono. No, sorry. I was just going to say, I think the only concern about him is that he he started last week uh, and he's moved back to the bench this week. Like he was named to the bench but ended up coming on the starting team last week and playing 60. Yep. So if that sticks and he comes off the bench, those minutes could maybe be a concern. So that's the only thing I'd keep an eye on. I think you'll get those 60 minutes. I think that that's kind of like from all reports, Todd Payton loves him. And he obviously had a little niggle to start the year injury-wise. So I'd be surprised if he dropped those minutes. He obviously doesn't have the ceiling that the other guys have, and I think that that's why he's not as popular. Like he's just all base, and that's all you're going to really get. But I think if you know cash generation is what you're after, you are going to get that with him. You're just going to have to be a little bit patient. Tubes, there anything else in the Cowboys piquing your interest or uh, any comments on the Cowboys? Not particularly, just to jump in on the back of that conversation um 
he's also a dual cotter, so available at hooker, uh, and it might be worth talking about probably quite similar in price range but also that dual hooker back row status to the Broncos' Kobe Hetherington, which we'll talk about when we get to there as well, um, that's starting at lock, very similar base um, output. So, yeah, a definite uh, alternative to the the popular ones coming in this week. And then finally, um, for those that followed me in on Tom Gilbert, stay strong. He'll uh, he'll come good. Uh, obviously got sin-binned. How did he go on the weekend? Got 17. He got sin-binned. He was on 20 after 35 minutes or something like that before he got sin-binned. And then it looked a little bit like Peyton um, punished him a bit, didn't put him straight back out there. And so it seemed to affect his minutes. Uh, so hopefully that's not a sign of things to come. But, uh, yeah, I'll be certainly giving him another week based on his previous efforts and hopefully no more sin binnings or stupid hold-down penalties. What would you guys do if you were Petahiku owners? He was a popular trade in a couple of weeks ago. He's the eighth most traded out player this week now, so a lot of people kind of giving up on him early. If you guys were holding, what do you think you'd be doing with Hiku? I'd be holding Hiku personally if I bought him. I did consider him, but I, I just given his history, I, I kind of held off. Look, he's his his output on the weekend was his equal top for base for the year thirty seven. So you know, like that's fine. Like you're going to get if he's if he's if he's busting that, he's four hundred twelve k now. Most players who would have got in, got on him, probably got him sort of sixty to seventy k ago. Um, yeah, like if he's getting thirty seventy base, they got the Warriors, Raiders, Titans next three. Uh, I'd be, I'd be holding Hiku tubes. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was going to say the same thing. That with that run, I certainly wouldn't be getting him out before they play the Warriors. So I'd be giving him at least one more shot. And I think that is a bit of a problem that, that a lot of center wings are doing just enough this year that it, people are probably looking at who they get rid of to bring in the the Mays and Kaluas where there's possibly more problems in sort of the back row area. Yeah, I don't think there's too much else to be said there, probably just from the Warriors' perspective. I'm a UN Aitken owner. He's starting to worry me a little bit. He's not looking that exciting. Base still good, but he's one that I actually am thinking about trading out this week to, to work a few other trades around. I'll have to have a think about that. Reese Walsh looking good, uh, and Josh Curran. Uh, I know there's a bit of um, conjecture in the community about what to do with Curran. Uh, you know, he obviously had a very good start to the year, but he only he only managed 49 in 80 minutes on the weekend. Jono, would you be uh, would you be looking to move Curran on, or would you be sticking sticking fat with him? I think I'll be staying strong for the time being, uh, for sure. I mean, it is interesting they moved him from that middle position where he's been so good. Um, I think the one encouraging thing, Matt, as an Aitken owner as well, is that with that change happening and Tavunga being brought into 13 and, and Curran being moved to the edge, is that it wasn't Aitken who made way. I, I think bringing yeah. him in at the start of the year, the concern was when Torhu Harris comes back, does Aiken move out of that starting team with Curran potentially moving on to an edge? So I'm actually really encouraged by that. I, I, I disagree that I'm about the worry thing. I actually think I've been pretty encouraged. He's, he's putting up about 50 in base and he's, he's yet to really yeah. significantly get attacking stats. So I've actually been really encouraged to his start to the year, particularly as someone who you can move into your centre wing when the time's right. And he plays around 13. I know all these positives, but um, um, I've got the I've got the you know the 
the the shiny lights of Harry Grant in my eyes and uh, Sasifa Talakai and even Bo Fermor and and they're hard hard to ignore. But yeah, you and Aiken, he's he he's just he's not exciting, is he? But he is getting the job done, and he's got a few positives, like you just yeah. mentioned. I I mean, I'd be happy to bank that Aiken v Firma for the rest of the year. That Aiken's probably still favourite to score more points or equal. So Ooh, it would feel like a bit of a sideways trade to do that. I know Firma's going to go up in the in the short term, but um, mm. especially because he's got that centering jewel as well. Third game is the Broncos versus the Roosters uh, Friday night. Big one, a big blockbuster up there at Suncorp. Broncos are smarting coming off back-to-back losses. Billy Walters moves to 5'8 after Albert Kelly has a broken bone in his foot, I think, Liz Frank injury. Bit of argy-bargy with Payne Haas as well, which we all saw. Just before we move on, does anyone know what's going on with Payne Haas? Is he, he, I saw his name to play. Is he Is he definitely playing on the weekend? He better be. I'm in big trouble if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have another front rower to bring in and I'm already playing Gilbert, so I'm really sweating on that. Our, our project... Our producer has got in the in the run sheet here that the verdicts in the next twenty four hours. So maybe the Broncos have called an extraordinary board meeting tonight. To uh, yeah, it's not his first Look, rodeo. I, I, it's not his first I, rodeo. I, pain. I remember Jono at school trying to step on my shiny new shoes, and I just gave him one. I didn't. I didn't nothing. Nothing came of it. Um, so. I don't think I have the ticker of Payne Haas. There's a similar size difference between you and I, Albert <laughs> Kelly and Payne Haas, but I don't think I'm bringing the ticker that Big Payne's bringing to the full. Yeah. The um. Oh, but look, I, I, I'm. It feels pretty innocuous if it's just you know. So hopefully he gets off and uh, and no, nothing. Good thing affects. you can rely on Broncos as well. Is good thing is oh you can rely on the Bronx as well. Is I always put footy first. Yeah. And they know they need big pain this this Friday night, so I think you should be all right. Certainly the the uh, great thing out of the weekend is it just feels real good to just see the Broncos getting smashed again. It just it just oh, has so me good. up and about. I was getting worried there for a yeah. couple of weeks. So it was a beauty. Yeah, Kevy's getting his sweat on. He was down at the sideline nice and early on the weekend. I do. You gotta always laugh. It's so good just seeing Kevy and Boxhead and Alfie, like the old the old band, the old Queensland band, just there on the bench. Like the games in nineteen ninety four, and I think that's how they they would like it to be. But yeah, it's but uh, there is a. I'm I am I'm glad to see the Broncos struggling. I mean, there's a couple of interesting thing people to talk about here. I mean, I think laying the Broncos backline has obviously boded well for those that that followed that advice and <laughs> big time Stags and Cobo etc. I mean, Farnworth, the pot option that not many had's been the best of them. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if you if you hold it. I'd probably be getting rid of Cobo. He just has no base. But Stags, you'd probably potentially look at holding for a bit longer. Cobo Cobo has made seventeen errors. Yeah, in four, in four rounds. And he's owned by twenty percent of Supercoach teams. Like his ownership is actually really really high. So yeah, that should see a significant dip this week. I think he's bringing nothing to the table. And I think a lot of people with Katoni and Cobo. There's that fear of if I trade him out, this could be the week that they finally start doing something. Yeah. But I just think they're playing the Roosters, cut your losses, move on. Yeah. I just – I don't know about Stags. Like he's 380K now. Like I don't know how you – I don't think you – I think if you've held him till now, I think you just got to ride that out and just pray. Like, Possibly. There's, there's no, something in that. There's no other way back. Stags. He's not passing the eye test like this the- year though. He looks completely uninterested no. when he plays. Like he's not going looking for the ball. And mm. yeah, he spoke about after round three that he was going to go looking for the ball in round four, and then 
that came around and he didn't. So I don't know. I do see your point with the price and I just don't think I could do it if I owned him. I just think there's, yeah. there's enough good cheap options that I'd be looking to move on. He got the big money. Yeah, well, it depends, I suppose, as well who you move. If you if he's your option to bring in to bring in Tail and May, I will say his base did go up to thirty six on the weekend, Jono. So he, I think he did do a little bit more of the the work. So yeah, look, I think that's a decision to just suit your team. I personally think you could probably hold Stags now, um, given his history. You know, we we know he's got the ceiling, but yeah, can he can he bring it? I think. The best thing you can do now is hope and pray that he does. The other one I mentioned, uh, tubes. Sorry. Yes, the other one I mentioned go. earlier is Hetherington. Uh, I know we spoke a little bit about him last week, Jono. Is he someone that is piquing your interest to potentially bring in this week? I don't think so, Tubes. BE of 20. I mean, obviously he's got that starting 13 jersey this week, but I still just worry about the minutes that are available in that in that forward pack. I think Flegler's obviously going to play big minutes too. So He's gone. Flagler four, Flagler four, four weeks or three weeks suspended. Yeah, he got right. he got put on report four times. I think it's a record. Yeah, it is. Carrigan six weeks. Flagler four weeks. No, good call, Matt. I completely forgot that he broke the, he broke the Guinness World yeah. Record for that. So, look, he, Hetherington is someone I just think I'd keep an eye on this week and see how that shakes out because he's shown over his career that he has excellent PPM. So, if he can push to that yeah fifty five sixty minute mark instead of twenty five to thirty five where he's been playing. He is definitely someone worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I think that that bench rotation looks good for him this week. You got James Jensen, who obviously cover the middle. TC Rabadi, who'll be kind of edge, and then Corey Pax, who's a who's a hooker. So yeah, I think that um, I think that Hetherington would be a sneaky option, but I think you can give it the week, like you said, John. It's not not even if he even if he got sixty this week, he's not going to go up that much in price. Yeah, I I like. Um, I want to have a look at him. I like the look of him. And I really like that he has that dual hooker status. Um, so, but yeah, if you wait a week, you you might even be tempted to see if, whether or not you move Randall to Hetherington by then, or or whatever it might be. Something that got the buzz going in the WhatsApp group last night was uh, the news that Joseph Suwali had ventured up to Brisbane uh, to join the camp up there with the Roosters team. Uh, hopes though dashed with him named in jersey number twenty three or twenty two. Jono. Would Suwali be someone who you may consider going early on if he was to jag that starting right wing spot for Kevi Nagama? No, not for me. Again, similar thing to Taylor May in that I'd, I'd be happy to wait and see how it goes. I think they have so much depth in that back line that you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring him on slowly and if the body was a bit banged up, give those other more experienced guys that, that opportunity there and that, that spot. But I, I'd be waiting for game three for him. The base, though, that you guys were speaking about in, in Reggie's last week is actually really impressive for him. Yeah, like you'd, you'd have to expect him to come on this year. He's obviously got the huge boom. He's a year older, more developed. Could be a big year for for Joey. I was actually looking at him playing with some trades last night. It actually fit quite well because i got to get Taylor and May as well for me to get Harry Grant. So I'm, I'm certainly looking at the using my second trade boost of the season this week, but um, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. You mentioned the backline depth there. Tubes, um, are you a Billy Smith owner? I am a Billy Smith owner. And do you know, until you just mentioned it just then, my I've just refreshed the page and it's changed. My uh, Daily Telegraph uh, article had Billy Smith on the wing um, <laughs> until I just refreshed it. So must have been of a typo and I was I was thinking that Billy Smith was back. So given he's no, not he's, there he's and not Suali's coming around the corner, that's uh, that for me is a pretty easy look at 
uh, moving him on, unfortunately. Yeah, so Bill, Billy Smith is just a guy who I just wanted to mention because he's a favourite of Trent Robertson. So it will be interesting to see once he, he's due back next week, round six. So if he's back, does he slot straight back into the centres for Momorowski, Suwali to the wing? I've got a feeling that's probably their their best 17 in, in Robbo's mind, that, that backline structure. But you obviously you're a risk, and I think there is a risk that he's left out. So... Moving him on, he's obviously two ninety six k. If you you know you need that extra cash, could be an option, and obviously that's something you're thinking. Yeah, about. I, so I was just with my particular team and the trades I'm looking to make. That two ninety six k is perfect. I can actually, I've got a bit of cash that I can move him to Firma or even Talakai. Um, and so I sort of was looking for someone around that mark to 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 move on to bring in one of those two. So um, yeah, he'll be moving moving out of my team. The only thing I will say is Suali. You never. I mean, he is named in twenty three. He might consider himself the Michael Jordan of of rugby league. So he may have requested that number. So he he still may start on the weekend. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, someone else did that the other week. I think the Cheese did it too. When um when he came in off the from one week off his broken hand, Angus Crichton still languishing on the bench. He's going to get to a very juicy price at some point. Got to wonder what's going on there with him and Robbo. Um, and beyond that, the Roosters looked to hit a bit of form last week. So Daniel Tupu, really good eighty. Uh, Teddy obviously in the eighties as well. And then the big one, Jono, was Joey Manu. He really really hit really caught fire on Saturday night up there in Townsville. Great to watch from just a general rugby league perspective. How, how good did he look? He's my missus's favourite footballer for obvious reasons and she actually spent the whole game chipping me, asking me why he wasn't in my super coach team. So off the back of that, I did a little bit of research into Joey. Um, he, his base is actually a little bit down this year. I know it's only a small sample size, but 25 a game in base and I wonder if that's going to be something that they're, they're getting him to do this year as a bit of a directive to save him for the attacking zone or if it is just a case of small sample size and he's working his way into the year but yeah i think i think i think he gets the base when he when he plays wing that's where he really gets those numbers up um and he doesn't get that base when he plays center so even just looking at this year's stats like round 1 he played wing against the knights and he got 35 in base uh and then scores after that 26 18 22 in base when he's gone back to the centers so yeah i think uh, you're not going to get that base from him, but you are going to get that ceiling. And yeah, God, he's good to watch when he's on. He's just he's such a flaresman. All right, fourth game, Raiders and Storm in Wagga. So interesting. The night uh, the Raiders have elected to take this game to Wagga or of all games. Both sides come in unchanged from last week with the cheese hanging around on the bench. Tubes, we got to mention him. Another big week for Jing. Another try, and he just keeps rewarding his owners. He does, and and he looks. Every um, every bit of the the player that you sort of expect him to uh, a, a Bellamy clone uh, middle forward type to be, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel it's too late to jump on, but I really, you know, I, I do have regrets of not jumping on him two weeks ago when I was when I was uh, certainly very heavily against it. The other one there for the Storm, Jono, is obviously uh, Harry Grant, who played. 80 minutes again. Uh, two questions. Are you a grant owner? And if you are not or if you weren't, depending on your answer because I'm just not sure, I think you've got him, um, would you be looking to bring him in this week? 
I'm not a green owner and I won't be looking to bring him in this week. I think the second part of that might be a little bit regretful though. I have Damien Cook and I have Randall sitting there and I don't have the money to get from Randall to Grant without making significant changes to my team. And I think Cook is going well enough that I, I can't make that jump to Grant yep. just yet. I know, Matt, you, you were thinking about making the move from from Randall to Grant, weren't you? Yeah. So Randall obviously did really well on the weekend with that with a and his BE now is is down to six, so he's going to make more cash. My thoughts on Harry were that he's got a BE which is quite low this week. I'm just going to refresh to see what that is. Uh, Twenty. So he's going to he's going to go up in price this week as well. Um, if you weren't getting this week, he's kind of going to go up the next two weeks and they've got Raiders, then Sharks, then Warriors, then Knights, then Dragons. Pretty friendly run. He's going to be 80 minutes. I kind of just was under the, you know, I was I nearly got him last week and I went for Hines instead. Yeah, I'm, I, I think that, you know, for the money that Randall's going to make, the points I could make up for with Harry would more than make up for that. And I'm going to be paying probably in the realms of 60K more for Harry in two weeks anyway. So that was my thinking on that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and also for the non-green owners like myself, it's it's going to be hard. You've got Origin coming up. You know he's going to play Origin. And you know with the depth that they have at Melbourne that there is the chance he gets rested coming off those games too. So it really is a decision where if you don't get him over those next few weeks, you might have to wait until after that Origin period. And that, that could um, be pretty tough for your That's season. That's right. That's right. So it's it yeah it's and he, he's going to be one of those guys who who every time he gets those nineties or hundreds you're going to go I wish I got him in that week. Yeah. Um, he's just so solid up there in, at hooker. It sounds Tube. like a tough decision for you blokes, and um, I wish you all the best in making that decision. But for us owners, is it's great to watch. I mean, I really just love watching Harry Grant play. Like he he he's I wouldn't say he's my favorite player, but he may be the best player in the competition. Like I really think he's that good uh, when you're watching him play. I know small sample, he's only played a couple of games and they've smashed teams when he's played this year, but he just looks such a good footballer. My only comment um, for that, I'm not a monster owner, but there was, I saw someone put up over the weekend that does Harry Grant potentially affect Munster's attacking output because it's another attacking player in the storm side along with Pappenhausen and Hughes that potentially take away some have you dug have you run have you run the numbers on this tubes I, I just thought you might be bringing I just thought you might have been bringing some numbers I thought you might have been bringing something for us there no I haven't done the numbers on Harry Grant uh, other than to that he passes the eye test yeah, well, I am a Munster owner, and uh, I'm a little bit concerned that Harry. There's just a lot of there's a lot to go around in that storm attack when you've got Harry, Hughes, Paps, Grant. I said Grant and Harry then, but it's, it feels a bit like that. Yeah, it's just a bit. It's a bit tricky for Munster sometimes. So I'm not worried. I'm I'm happy with with Munster so far. But yeah, it's just just one to keep an eye on there. Anything else from that game? Oh, X Coates doing well for his owners, Jono. Absolutely. You guys both own him. Yeah, no. So, Matt, what do you think as a non-owner? There's, I've seen people discussing still bringing him in this week. I, I personally think it's a little bit crazy with some of the cheapies that are around. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be getting him this week. I actually nearly got him last week for Alissi Katoa, which I wish I obviously did in hindsight. But yeah, no. Well done to everyone was on him. Bit of a mistake to miss him. I think just with his his upside. But yeah, unfortunately, did not bring him in. 
last week. His base is still non-existent. It's just kind of sitting around 20 or yeah. even below. He's probably almost a certainty to play Origin, I'd say, as well. So I think if you've missed him now, you just you miss him. Uh, I think I'll be looking to trade him out before that Origin period starts because with the base he produces, he's not a year-end keeper. There's so many good centre-wing options this year, both in that dual spots that we've spoken a little bit about and also with guys like Campbell Graham and Zach Lomax, who we might speak about later. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be looking to bring him in. And I actually think he's going to be a trade-out target in a couple of weeks when that BE gets back to a, a pretty decent level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the Raiders, Tom Starling, a guy who's obviously a guy who a fair few have bought in over the past couple of weeks, uh, myself included, I bought him in on the weekend. I'm actually a little bit disappointed in myself for not doing a bit more research on the draw. Uh, they have quite a tough run now, and if he's only getting the 60 minutes it's a little bit concerning, but hopefully he can make a bit more cash. Uh, f- next game is Rabbitohs and Dragons, which, Jono, I think that's it. Is that at uh, Acor Stadium, Homebush? Wouldn't have a clue, Matt. Sorry. Yeah, you're the South man. That's it all right. I'm Acor pretty sure Stadium. it is. Yep. Thanks, Tubes. For the uh, for the Bunnies, Josh Mansell comes in for Jackson Paul on the wing, who I think is in concussion protocols. Mark Nichols is out after getting injured in the first couple of minutes against Penrith. Tommy Burgess starts at prop with Moali on the bench. Uh, Blake Taff, interestingly, returns to Jer- Jersey 14. Uh, John, it'll be interesting to see what role he plays. How do you see it? I think he's going to be one of those ones. You guys spoke about it in your preseason pods where if he's starting, he's very relevant because his price is low. But if he's coming off the bench, there's there's no interest in him. And I think his chances of starting now are, are going to be reliant on injury because Ilias is actually the last couple of weeks really starting to look good. Finally put on a big score for his owners with I think it was 55 off the top of my head and that, that's with a disallowed yep, try. Yep. And I think from a football perspective and from a super coach perspective, he's really starting to dig into the line and, and, and put – Give his outside men a bit of space. So very encouraging signs there. Absolutely, it was it was finally good to see him. You know, I didn't play him obviously, but yeah, good good to see him warming into that into that seven jersey. Tubes for the Dragons. Jaden Sewer comes back, otherwise unchanged, with Bird remaining at five eight, and Moses and By keeping the number one jersey. They look a rabble, don't they? The Dragons. Yeah, I mean, for me, other than the. Zach Lomax that we've that some have already got they feel fairly super coach irrelevant um still moving forward and you just can't trust what Hook's going to do um moving forward Jono Tubes you get hammered on this podcast for your many 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 mistakes but I've got to give you a win you brought in Campbell Graham on a whim at the last minute last week yeah talk yourself up and enjoy the moment I did, uh, I did notice Matt quickly moved on from the Rabbitohs before some for, for, before some chat but no I think there's a lot of relevant players with the Rabbitohs moving forward they've got such an awesome draw coming up and I made the late call on Friday night to bring in Campbell Graham into my center wing despite them playing the Panthers and um, he had he obviously had a try and a very respectable score and I'm very pleased to have that moving into what's a very easy draw coming up for the Rabbitohs. Uh, so Campbell Graham becomes relevant. Uh, obviously people will be looking at Cody Walker this week as a potential pot option coming yeah, in. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't know, I'm I, even potentially if you went wanting to go really pod, looking at someone like Latrell Mitchell uh, as a flat track bully over the next few weeks as well. Tubes, I think you're almost underselling the draw. Like you've said the word awesome, but they play one team who made the top eight last year from now until round 16. 
and that team is manly, and they're not going to have Tommy Turbo. So th- their draw is absolutely phenomenal for the next little stretch. Cody Walker, BE of, I think, 67 oh, wow. this week, um, five, 581K. He's not going to get much cheaper than that. He's not going to play Origin. He didn't play last year when, when everyone was hurt and Freddie still didn't pick him. So he's going to become incredibly relevant and someone I'm looking at bringing in next week, no question. It's unbelievable their draw, isn't it? I like I, I did look at it before the Campbell Graham, but I mean Dragons, Bulldogs, Tigers, Manly without Turbo, Broncos, Warriors, Canberra, Tigers by Titans, St. George. is like That's crazy. Um, no one has a better run in the comp at any stage of the year. Like, yeah. It's, it's honestly that um, good. So, yeah, I mean, very tempting. Cody Walker, Cody Walker, 581K, BE of 67. Uh, you mentioned that there, Tubes. Is this the week? I think if you can afford to make the trade this week, I'd be making the trade this week. I was talking to Poppy Ricks about it, and he's looking at a bit of a flyer on Cody Walker going early. Myself, I'll probably be waiting one more week. Uh, just because I don't have the the trades to get in Cody at this point, but certainly a give Sam Walker one more week because they've got such a good run as well at the moment, the Roosters, uh, and potentially do him to Walker. Or if he seems like he's going okay, I know Ilias obviously has just as good a run, but you could look at doing a Schneider or Ilias to Walker if you own those as well um, from that perspective as well. Mm. So. But they play the Bulldogs next week, so he's yeah, a big trading target. Can I just talk about Campbell Graham as well? Just we, we moved on from him fairly quickly. He really seems to be taking on a leadership role with South with, with some of the work he's doing coming off their line. Obviously, they lost Gagai, who did a lot of base work for, for South last year, and Campbell Graham seems to be really filling that void. He's actually already this year twice had a base of over 40 within a game. Last year, the whole year, he did it three times. So the fact he's done it two in four weeks, whereas in a whole season last year, he did it three times, that shows he's really kind of filling that void that Gagai has left. So I think, like Dan said about Daniel Tupo last week, Campbell Graham's one of those rare, genuine centre wings where if he gets a try, he'll go for over 70, which isn't something you can say for many yep. of the genuine centre wings in the comp. Yeah, and he is priced. I'd actually say, sorry, Chips. I was going to say he's priced still at five seventeen k, so he could go on a a good run as well. Yeah, I, I think he'd he'd almost be the number one trading target if you're looking for a gun center wing. Uh, it's obviously a little bit tricky this week, I think, but yeah, he's. You must be very, very pleased that's all out of the way for you, Tubes, and, and you're teed up with him. Him and Lomax, that's a pretty pretty strong half year center wing cover there. Mm. Certainly feels my center wing feels like the only strong part of my side uh, and Harry Grant at the moment. <laughs> Titans Eels is the first uh, is the final game on Saturday. The Titans get a few back on deck here, recovering from COVID. Phil Sammy comes into the centers, replacing Brian Kelly, who is out. Um, I couldn't find anything on if Kelly was injured or dropped. Uh, he, I would presume he's injured, but we'll we'll have to see. Uh, Bo Furmore comes straight back in, and so does Isaac Liu. Uh, for the Eels, Sean Lane comes back from a one-week injury. Maddo uh, moves to the bench, and Mitch Rain is also interesting on the bench for anyone who still owns Reed Marty. Uh, Cardi uh, came in for a single flick pass to Mitch Moses and is back to the reserves. Tubes, I'll start with you. Obviously, we've had this discussion for three weeks in a row now, but David Fafita, he's still a bit of a misfiring cannon. How much longer can we hold on for? Yeah, certainly on Thursday night when I had the C on him, uh, I was <laughs> he couldn't have got out of my team fast enough um, at that point in time. I, I just 
it's not even. It's definitely not about Fafita as a player. Just the the players around him. I can't make any sense of it. I don't know if it's being coached that way. Obviously, they're marking up on him and they're putting multiple defenders on him. But it just feels like Aaron Clark literally goes the different way to where he's standing every single time. I don't know if he's reading the field being like, oh, there's more defenders over there and there's less over here because the defenders are trying to mark up on Fafita, but you've still just got to get him the ball. Um, I can't bring myself to sell him uh, and I'm going to be holding him. I feel like he's he he's still going to have the, those breakout games and he's going to go – well and truly above his average at the moment. And so he's a potential target in in the next couple of weeks if you don't already own him. So I'd be, I'm definitely going to be holding him. John, a bit of a theory that's been floated is uh, AJ Brimson's obviously in the team this year. He's a bit more of a ball runner rather than distributor. Do you think he's impacting Fafita's output at all, especially in the red zone? I actually hadn't heard that theory before. It's, I like a good conspiracy theory, but. Am I right in saying that AJ wasn't there in the first round and Fafita still didn't get any ball going that way? I think so, yeah. That was against Parra, wasn't it? Um, and he's now played both yeah, sides. He's, like he's played sex he's played he played left on the weekend yeah. after playing right all these weeks. It just feels like a bit, like I launched it very closely on Thursday night and it all came from honestly Aaron Clark. Well, the amount of times that their fullback, Jermaine Asako, touched the ball was just ridiculous. And I thought it was Jaden Campbell when he was in the side that was just not passing the ball and running it. So they've just got some spine issues, pre- predominantly their nine and one, which seems to be affecting Fafita's output uh, a little bit. My gut feel is that things aren't going to improve that much for Fafita. So I actually would, wouldn't mind selling him. Like I've been one of his biggest fans and I've said hold all the way through. But, yeah, I'm like YouTube's like it's it's not – like it's not passing the eye test in terms of the way they're structuring their attack. In saying that, I think I'm kind of 80% going to hold him this week because I see him as a way back into contention against the higher-ranked sides. I think that uh, kind of similar for a guy like Sam Walker, who I ended up selling last week. But uh, for those guys who who have those big scores in them and you own, I think you've got to just trust that or hope that they are going to come good and that's going to be kind of your differential against the teams ranked above you. So that's my kind of position on that at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously you're, you're feeling similar. Yeah, and I do think it really does depend on position because I was speaking to Dad about it as well and he's looking at selling and I actually agree with that. He's coming in 500th, yeah. 600th, having Fafita go and, and potentially bringing in someone like Cody Walker I think makes a bit more – possible sense but for someone Agree. like me in the coming 32,000th I'm I'm really looking for that high upside. Yeah, that's it. That's actually a really really good point. Like he's he's high risk to own, I think. I think the safer play is to sell. Uh, but it just depends how you're ranked and also what your ambitions are, right? Like we're trying to finish as high as we can in the overall. Like ideally I'd love a top 1000 finish. That's kind of my target. So yeah, look, I'm going to try and make up some ground. Hopefully, Fafita can come good. And he's only he's got a manageable BE, like it's 89. So I'd be disappointed if he didn't get sort of up above 70 this week and, and kind of get close to that BE. The boy from last week, Bo Firma, Jono, I know he – is he – I'm not sure. Is he in your team already? He was definitely on your radar last week. No, yeah, he's in there. I don't think we needed – 
talk too much about Bowie this week. We spoke at length about him last week, but look, his, his BE is low, his price is low, it's only going to go up. So I think he's a good option for people to, to bring in this week with that second row forward yep. and centre wing duel. The big one for the Eels was big, uh, little big Mitchy boy Moses with a big 144. I think he scored delighting a few owners. Jono, what's your view on Mitch? I have a little bit of temptation. I'm not going to do it because there's too many good targets, but Sam Walker to Mitch Moses, it's tempting, especially to use Mitch as a bit of a a stepping stone to get up to Hines and Cleary, who are those high price guys. So I think Mitch, from memory, sitting over 500K. He's got a BE of negative 21. So he's going to make money the next couple of weeks. So I'm not going to do it, but if there were people out there doing Walker to Moses to get to those top end guys, I would really understand that move. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's already a popular trade. They Jeez. were the two people tossed and turned about similar price when Cleary was out, um, and uh, Moses was had his nose ahead before the weekend, but obviously he's kicked he's kicked six lengths clear, um, and and that's who you possibly it, it's a it's been a great trade in um, for those that that had him. The other one from the weekend that really. Is establishing himself as a dominant super coach player and potential keeper for the year as well. Is Dylan Brown? Um, he's looked great super coach wise, but also uh, real life football wise the last two weeks, and really is looking to take on the line and get and be involved as much as possible. James, I think an interesting thing there is his touches are up so high. He actually the last two weeks has had more touches than Mitch Moses or about on par. So in past years, Mitch Moses has been clearly their dominant yeah. playmaker and this year Dylan Brown's starting there. They're definitely giving him actively a bigger role, which is really encouraging for, for any of his owners. Yeah. Did you bring him in last week, yeah, Tubes? I brought him in for, I don't know, I can't remember, a centre wing and I moved Kurt Mann to the centre wing um, position. So it, it was yeah, a good right. trade in. the oh, For the hammer, I brought him in for the hammer. Um, so that was good. Couple of good little trades there Pan- for you. Panasini obviously went well on the weekend. Otherwise, he was potentially on the chopping block. But he's now in for some nice price rises. Yeah, hopefully he can get up to about four hundred. And Papali's probably on the radar of a lot of people this week for that are looking at getting rid of David Fafita because he is certainly the the one man in their pack that looks to have guaranteed minutes in the back row and, and looks very good doing it. I was a bit annoyed at Brad Arthur just giving him the early hook on the weekend. That was a bit frustrating after he's 72. Probably shows how important he is to the side though as well. The You know, when they're smashing yeah. teams, he's willing to, he wants to give him a rest. Sharks Tigers Sunday afternoon down there at Points Bet Stadium. There's actually there's no changes for either team uh, to, to to start, which is good because Tuolagi for the uh, popular cheapy Tuolagi gets another run. Uh, he was he went off injured last week. He got 28 and a half and and then didn't come back on. Uh, so as an owner, I'm I'm very pleased to see him in the 11 jersey. But Tubes, there's only one place to start with the Sharkies, and that's Big Sifa Talakai. Are you going to be uh, looking at Big Sifa? This week, I'm definitely looking at him. It's hard to get him in. Him and Firmer, just both in that mid 400k um, price range, is tough to get them both into my side. I was getting Firmer last week, but certainly the the Sharky the Sharky pull is leaning me towards Talakai just to have someone from the Sharks in my side to to be cheering cheering home. Uh, but Jeezy looked good on the weekend, uh, and just so many tackles. Yeah, I've, I've, oh, so many. I've, I've toed and fro. Or it's, only, it's only, Tuesday, and I've already toed and froed, gone back and forth with Talakai 
whether I want him or not. Uh, he's going to make. I think he's going to make. If he averages in the sixty, low sixties, he's going to make about uh, maybe one hundred and fifty k on his price now. I think there's a bit of some strong positives and some strong negatives. Obviously, if he keeps up this form, he looks really good this year. Like he looks like he's gone to a bit of a new level. So from that in a positive perspective, that that's going to help his scoring. The other thing is, I'd be surprised now if he gets dropped. Like he should have that center spot sewn up, even if Wade Graham comes back and Wilton has to get benched. Um. And just quickly on the negatives, I looked at his his scores from last year and he did get a lot of game time still last year and he started two games in the centres and only scored in the 30s both times. So that was a little bit nerve-wracking for me. Can we expect this sort of output every week? Obviously, we're not going to get a try and him break the tackle breaks record every week, but you know, could he be a 60 to 70 average moving forward? That's the question I think we need to ask. Jono, where are you sitting with Talakai? There's no maybes about it. I'm bringing him in, boys. I'm going to use my trade boost this week. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting stubby cooler. I'm getting May and I'm getting the big fella, Talakai. Um, Matt, I actually went back just to step on his stats a little bit and, and improve upon them. Good, I good. went back to his previous year as well in 2020 and looked where he started centre there. And if you average all those games, I think it ended up being maybe four games in total if you include 2020. Yep. He averaged 48 with 35 in base across those games, and that's not including the, the game on the weekend. So if he was to average yeah, right. 45 in the next two weeks, he still makes 100K. So I think it's really low risk. I think at the very minimum, unless he gets injured, he's going to make you some money. And one of his big issues the last few years has been consistency. Um I think he's now playing for the best coach he's ever played for with Craig Fitzgibbon. And I do think that Fitz is going to be able to bring that consistency to his game, simplify his role, big hit-ups, bust those tackles, get another 17 every week. It'd be nice. But um, I think he's a great trade target for this for this week. And someone who, when it gets to round 12 and he gets given that dual position, is going to be a definite centre wing keeper for the rest of the year, assuming he holds Tracy out of the team. Yeah, Tubes, that's an interesting point as well, that he's not going to get news came through this afternoon. He's not going to get that dual status for round six and he will likely get it in round 12. Would that put you off him? Look, it would have been a nice benefit um, to have, but uh, again, I'd probably be bringing him in in the back row because my center wing's feeling quite strong at the moment. So I'm happy to hold him there for a few weeks uh, for up until round 12. And if he's still in the side at that point, uh, it'll be great to see him have that dual positional status. I just – I don't want to hype him up too much, but he really – the way he played on the weekend and the way he's he's looked the last couple of weeks, he's going to do the work to get them out of – their twenty and like do those hit ups and he'll and get those tackle breaks as a as a you know center wing or a wing winger might do, but he's also a really gr- big attacking option for them when they are are actually in their attacking um, twenty. So I just feel like he adds an element to the Sharks team and he's going to be adding an element uh, to to my team moving forward as well. The last thing on the Sharks that I wanted to mention was Nico Hines, obviously an incredibly popular trade-in last week. I bought him in in the end for Sam Walker, uh, which was a bit of a change from my podcast chat. I got a bit cold feet. Um, I'm actually happy to not have the Sam Walker problem now, but I am uh, was a bit disappointed with, with Nico's 44 last week. Um I think with Nico, you've obviously got him now. You just hold him. He'll he'll go. He'll keep busting out those big scores. But it was obviously tough to watch last week with some alternate options doing well. All right, the last game of the round: Bulldogs versus Panthers. Uh, Kyle Flanagan makes his long-awaited return for some into first grade. Uh, he's been a chat with him in the media, obviously, in the last couple of weeks with his six hundred grand languishing in reserve grade. 
Uh, Nathan Cleary made a uh, handy enough return, I suppose we'll call it, to the NRL last week against the Bunnies. Uh, he managed a score of 34, which is obviously well below uh, expectation for those who went very early on him. Um, Tubes, bit to unpack with Cleary. He has a very, very friendly draw coming up. Uh, would I know you've been pretty hot to bring him in pretty quickly. Where are you with Cleary at the moment? I I still like him as a pod option for someone to potentially bring in if you can navigate from a cash perspective. I suppose if I did a Cleary v Walker, uh, it was Cleary v Cody Walker option this week. If I was looking at those two guns as pods, I'd be doing Cody Walker. But, yeah, their their run coming up is very interesting. Obviously, um, uh, some some very easy teams starting with the Bulldogs this week. But then if you wait too long, by round – is it round nine or round ten? They're playing Melbourne and the Roosters. Yeah, round, round nine, nine. They're playing the Melbourne. and the- Round nine they got Parramatta. Yeah, okay. So then a bit of a tougher draw leading into origin. So – it sort of becomes if you don't get him now, what does that mean uh, for, for when you're potentially looking to target him? I think, Matt, you mentioned that score of 34, and on paper it sounds pretty poor, but if you watch the game, he was really very happy to take a back seat and kind of work his way back in from injury. Luai and in that left edge took over the game basically, and he, he kicked so poorly. If he kicks to the percentages he normally kicks at, that 34 turns into 50 straight away. And that's a pretty scary thought yeah. that in the game where he did absolutely nothing and actually almost intentionally, it seemed, let other people take control, that he still would have got a score of 50. So it is interesting. I'm someone who I think last week spoke about the benefits of, of laying Nathan Cleary for now, hoping that with the, the rule changes this year, although that seems like that might be backflipping pretty soon, hoping that he comes down in price a bit. And I still think I'm going to stick to that idea and wait till after Origin because I think he's going to work his way back into footy. But... It could be the kind of decision that defines people's season. If, if people get on him now and he goes on a run, that could be a great way to make up ground. Yeah, I think he's going to lose cash though now, which is problematic because he's going to miss, obviously going to miss 13 and 17 through origin, and that's before you even think he might get a rest. So you're paying big bucks for a guy who's going to miss two out of the next 12 games, 100%, and could miss another one or two, and in that period – you know, he's probably going to drop around oh, at least 200K, maybe a bit more. So you're really just buying points, hoping you're buying points, and it's not even a certainty. So, yeah, he's a hard pass for me this week given that uh, – sorry, he's a hard pass for me until or, until Origin's done. So I just can't see how – like you're going to need that cash at some point. There's too many big guns that you're going to need to spend a bit of money on to bring in. And guys like Cody Walker, who are ripe for the picking at around half a million, I think you're better off. You're better off taking a punt on on those guys. Is it bad that your hard against Cleary has really got me considering him? Like, and I don't mean that against you in any particular way, but just the way that it, it sort of it made me think about that's what the narrative of how many people are are going to be looking at, and and I get that he got 34, so he's likely going to lose cash. But geez, Bulldogs. Broncos, Canberra, Titans. If PVL ball is back in any way, shape, or form, you know you couldn't go against that. He's not going to get 150 in one of those games 
um, just by having one of his, you know, normal decent games where he sets up a few tries and obviously, as you said, Jono gets his goal-kicking radar back on. Uh, so, yeah, I feel a little bit more tempted now <laughs> to potentially bring him in as a I think Dan, I think Dan's pretty. I think Dan's pretty keen on him. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, he's a hard pass for me because I've got Heinz – Pappenhausen and Teddy. So, like, there's no way for me to kind of fit him in there without sacrificing someone. Hines to Cleary. Yeah, no, I think I'll I'll stick with Nico. But, um, yeah, like, if you were going to get him, you have to go this week because you're going to get a good five games before – four games before their draw tightens up a bit. Tubes, you were saying off air that the draw – Cleary's a bit draw-proof. Like, he could still bust out a ton against – Storm or Roosters pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, I you certainly wouldn't necessarily want to be bringing him in the week that they're playing the Storm or the Roosters, but certainly not afraid to be holding him over those periods and he could easily turn up against those teams. It a bit like someone like Cam Murray that actually steps up in those um in those bigger games. What about Andrew King? Put him in the circuit! Put him somewhere! He's too good for this game! The juggler, the juggler's come out at Brookie. All right, that brings to a cl- that um that brings to a close our uh, teamless chat. We're going to take a little bit of a diversion on the strategy and trade talk this week. We're going to just have a quick chat about our uh, potential trades for the week, and then we're going to chat a little bit about our approach to deciding captains. So we obviously had a bit of a laugh at Tubes earlier in the episode for bringing in uh, uh, captaining David Fafita on the first game of the weekend, but we'll we'll dive a bit into how we kind of go about our thinking for captaincy and what factors influence that. Before we get to trades, Jono, we just forgot to mention the key trading target for the week. I, I just sorry, I think he's worth mentioning just in case anyone listens who hasn't picked it up. Is that absolutely, absolutely. Taylor May is the biggest must. It's not even a question of should you. It's a question of do you play him this week, and the evidence would suggest yes. So I just think it's worth yes. mentioning that for anyone who may not have Taylor May on their radar for some reason, just move whatever you need to move to get him in there and get the job done. One hundred percent, and play. He's a play in your seventeen every week. Left wing for the Panthers. Easy peasy. Right, Tubes, trades this week. What are you thinking? I'm thinking very differently after this pod. Uh, so I'm not – I'm. I've got a few targets that I'm looking to potentially bring in. Uh, obviously, May, uh, I think I'll be – I'm going to get his name wrong, uh, but Kalua, Kula. Kula. Kula, for me, is, is I'm just going to wait and see. Um, I want to bring in Talakai. Uh, firmer is a definite option. Uh, but, yeah, definitely also could be looking at tossing up a Cody Walker or a Nathan Cleary um, type conversation, which obviously would blow up my team. I'd need to look at, you know, potentially getting rid of a couple of other guns, uh, which would make it difficult. But they're sort of the ones that are on my radar to bring in. Um, if I keep a cool head, I may end up just doing May and Talakai, um, but I'll probably end up using that third boost trade. Um, but we'll see how how we go. Yeah, the boost trades on my radar, Jono. You said you were uh, you were going to use your boost this week. I'm boosting. I'm bringing in definitely my my trades are locked away. Stubby cooler, uh, bringing in uh, Talakai and bringing in May. Liam Martin. See you later, mate. And then I've got my two AE nightmare. Cheapies from the start of the year, Jeremomasia, who gets me about seven points a week, and Amon, who got minus one last week. So they're, they're both out of the big dogs. Yeah. 
Oh, gee, that sounds like sounds like the most straightforward trade week in history for you, Jono. I am. I'm looking at. I've got a couple of problems as well to get rid of. Um, Eli Katoa is gone for me. He's been an absolute nightmare. HIA one week, bench the second week. Two scores under 25. Thanks for coming, Eli. Uh, you are Gonski. Uh, Taylor May obviously comes straight in for me. I'm the big one for me. I can't make it work where I get Harry Grant and then Talakai as well as Taylor May without trading for feeder, which I I referenced earlier. I don't want to do. So I'm looking at potentially bringing in, still looking at bringing in Grant for Randall, and then uh, Stubby Cooler as well. So May Cooler and and Grant. Uh, there is another option uh, where I bring in. Talakai, Fermor, and May, uh, and I can make that work, but that would involve getting rid of Ewan Aiken as well. And Ewan is still on the chopping block, but, yeah, I'm going to have to have a good long good long think about that this week. Just quickly, one guy who uh, we mentioned there as well, Billy Smith, is if you are short of someone to trade, I think is someone who you could pretty easily trade out. He still might, might make a bit of money and go on a run, but... He's he's one that that if you if you had to to get you know to get a cooler or a may in then I'd I'd probably have a bit of a look at that. All right, let's move on to our captaincy chat. So we haven't spoken about much about captaincies on the pod so far, but it's obviously a really really determinative factor in how our teams perform each week. Highlighted uh, last week really topically by uh, Ryan Pappenhausen or Ryan Captainhausen as many liked to call him. Tubes, obviously you showed a bit of flair. Captaining Dave Fafita, game one. Uh, is that your kind of usual kind of approach? You you kind of just want to fly by night, whatever you feel, and you'll just go with. Not typically. Um, I think prior to the week starting, I actually was on Pappenhausen. I think I actually talked a few people into captaining Pappenhausen at the very beginning of the week, um, and uh, I think I was a little bit, you know blinded by the fact for Fita going to the left and it was as I said that Thursday night night game uh I think it's a bit of it's it really is it's such a mental game uh, the captaincy because the smart thing to do is obviously VC someone early and then look based on matchups fullbacks are a a clear option if you've got someone like Cleary or whoever um and then, and then, if there's the, there's no matchup, you potentially look at a safe option like a Haas that you know is going to get you sort of seventy, or at worst, sort of sixty five. I usually do like to show a bit of flair and go for those high upside ones like a Pappenhausen or a Fafita from last week. But the mental game is it's almost like um, I guess punting in a way that I, I was probably in hindsight on a bit of tilt from a bad day on Thursday and I was looking for something to spark me up. And uh, and so that was part of putting Fafita with the C on, uh, even though it wasn't the smart play in the long term and, and was probably the very low risk option. Uh, from that perspective as well. So usually you would look at putting the VC on Fafita there and going with um, with yeah. Paps. Yeah. I mean, the only yeah. – uh, the, the, the challenge with the VC is, geez, I would have been feeling very good if he got 120 and I would have been looping him and then you wouldn't be feeling too good with not getting Pappenhaus. And the only challenge with the VC, which I found last year, which if PVL ball comes back a little bit, is to what is that number that you do – loop at 
because if Pappenhausen and Cleary and Tedesco start getting, and Turbo when he's back, start getting back into that form of can score 130s, 140s, 150s plus, what is the number that you that you loop at? They really need to be getting 120 plus for those VCs for you to look at looping. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it just depends on who else is in your team, right? I think you've got to have a bit of courage of conviction when you do loop, um, because and sorry, we're we're kind of assuming that most people listening know about the VC loop loophole. And apologies if you don't. And hit us up on Twitter if you'd like to learn more about that. Um, but yeah, I think. I think obviously any player who you would have captained could score more and from time to time that is going to happen. So I think you just got to come up with that number that you're happy to loop with and then just let it whatever it be be and and move on from there. I certainly got stung a bit last year when I looped and Pappenhausen I think hit 130 or 140 against the Dogs and and hurt me quite bad. Jono, do you usually take that approach as well with a VC and or are you more of a, a straight captain man? I think the VC for me, as someone who is trying to build cash and build the best head-to-head side possible, VC at the start of the year is normally not an option for me because I have too many potential AE nightmares on my bench that I'm not confident with. So not really at this time of year. It's something that I'll look into later. I think my captaincy approach might be a little bit different to yours, again, for that head-to-head approach because I will generally go into a round with an idea of who I want my captain to be, but I'm always happy to be flexible. I'll match a captain with my opponent if I'm – doing well or I'll choose a safe captain. Yep. I might choose someone like a Payne Haas who I know is going to get me 70 to 75 if I'm, you know, looking good and looking dominant earlier on the round. But then I'm also happy to take that risk with a captain if I, I really need to claw back. So for me, I, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a different approach when you're playing that head-to-head aspect as opposed to overall. What about now, though, John? I know that you're in the dizzying heights of the top 500. Will that change your approach to captaincy at all? Tubes has been trying to talk me into to taking the more overall approach now. It's, it's going to be hard to get my head around. You have to, Jono. You have to. We'll see how I'm going this weekend early on. I think for, the, for this week, I think Pappy's a pretty safe play for anyone who owns him because when he goes off and scores points, he tends to do it in bunches. He's got a history of that. So I think this week he's looking a good option for, for anyone who has him again. Yeah, he'll obviously be popular as well this week. So, yeah, I think I think if you've if you've captained him last week, it would be would be prudent to go again. Uh, you, yeah, you're definitely right. Like that approach is very different to how I look at it. I'm not really one for the safe captaincy option, like your Payne Haases. Obviously, in years gone by, those really solid base guys who you know they're in for their seventy to eighty every week, no matter what, and you're just doubling that up. That's safe hit. Uh, I'm more of a guy who likes to, you know, take the take the chance on fullbacks or halves, um, who have a decent floor. So guys like Teddy and Paps, uh, Munster, even Hines now, those guys are going to get you generally at least fifty. So you know you're only sort of that twenty to thirty short of what you'd get from one of those big forwards, but they have the ceiling. So if you can nail them over the course of the year, and you get those ones like Paps, where you're getting 180, 190. Um, you're going to make up for those weeks where you only get the, the 50s. So I tend to go I tend to always look to the to the guys with ceilings for my captain. It would be pretty rare that I'd go for Payne Haas like it would have to be mat, highly matchup dependent. Um, I'm also a guy who who utilize well I'll utilize the VC loop every week. It would be extremely rare. It'd have to be like a turbo at home to the dogs for me to go straight C um, on on someone like him. 
uh, without utilizing the loophole. Try to try to get someone who's going to be if uh, captain at the back end of the round, where you can kind of get an idea of what your AEs are going to be, so that you you know you don't get too stung. But yeah, I'm I'm one to to kind of take advantage of the loophole, even though I do concede that you know it's it's probably like a one in ten that you know that those things can kind of come off. But I think that you know those can be the kind of things that define the season. All right. Captaincy done and dusted. Uh, let's move on to who would you rather? So a ripper edition this week. All right, Jono and, and Tubes is going straight at is Talakai versus Fermor. Jono? Talakai. Tubes? Talakai, if I have to make a decision. but Said with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have to make Talakai. a decision. I, yeah, I'm just going to weigh in on this because I, I'm now Talakai just because I think Titans have a bit of a tough run. So... Last week they had Tigers at home. That was obviously a bit of a target game for Fermore, and now he's missed that. Yeah, I'm just going to go with I'm going to go with Talakai too. Jono, Mitch Moses versus Dylan Brown. Dillbags. Yeah, definitely Brown. Um, think he's going to be more consistent than Moses, and actually, I really think could be a keeper. Agree. Wish I had him in my team. Joey Manu versus Daniel Tupu. I'm getting in first here, McGrath Tupu, just because I feel like I'm copying you at the moment. Daniel Tupu for me speaks. I think he's got the base and he's he's got the upside as well. Manu was great on the weekend, but Tupu overall. Tubes, what if you chucked in the third option and, and threw Campbell Graham in the conversation there as well? Does that change what you might say? Oh, I brought in Campbell Graham, uh, but to be honest, I actually looked to bring in Tupu, but I was 5K short or something like that last week. Uh, so I'd probably still bring Ooh. in Tupu. I think I'd rather Graham. I've got Tupu, but I, I, I've I'm got Graham, jealous so. of Graham now with that run. <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's, you want to swap? Imagine that. Imagine you could do some trade yeah. deals. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I think I'm Campbell Graham there, Jono. Yeah, I'm the same as you, Matt. Where I own Tupo, Tupu, sorry, but I think I'd also go Campbell Graham. Jono, while I got you there, Cody Walker versus Dylan Brown again. Such a hard call. Like Tube said, Dylan Dylan Brown's his his base is is nice. Like he's going to get you forty no matter what, and if you can get a couple of attacking stats, you're off to the races. But that draw with Cody Walker is just so tempting over that over that next run. I think I'm going to slightly lean Cody Walker because he's got that history of being a keeper, whereas Dylan Bags is Dylan Bags. Dylan Bags is still a little bit unproven at this point. Dylan Bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, tubes. I think Brown. Same for the same reasons as John. I said I'd, I'd probably go Brown. Um, but geez, I'd love tubes. to have them both. <laughs> Shows how well you listen to me. I said Cody Walker there, and you've said I've got the same as John. I'll go Brown. <laughs> uh, that's my fault. I've stuffed up the run sheet. It should have been Cody versus Dylan versus Moses, but that's all right. That's all right. The, the, I think the takeaways there are Cody Walker and Dylan Brown are sensational picks at 5'8", both of them. Uh Pod team, uh, we're going to have a little break from the pod team given Dan's missed the show tonight, but if you want to catch up on the what Dan's doing on the pod team, we'll get him to put that up on our Twitter page, which as a reminder is at NRLSC pod pod on Twitter. And we're, we're kind of getting in there a fair bit, doing some tweeting over the weekend, so please get in there for a chat. We even ran a poll last week, so we're getting we're doing our best with the content with the little with the little time we have. Do you get much uh, feedback and, and participation in that poll, Matt? How many votes were cast? Uh, mate, I think we got about twenty six votes, so that's not, not too bad, bad at all. Not too bad. No, no, we're we're getting we're getting there. We like we don't have a we don't have a strong content strategy, but we're we're getting in there, having a bit of a chat and engaging with the fans oh, the pot of the, as much the pot as we of the can. People. The pot of the people. 
Tubes, I know you didn't come in too fired up tonight, but I feel like you've got a bit more fired up as the night's gone on. Can we get a little Tubes' tirade from you just to finish? Not much uh, tirade this week, but probably just back to the old. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what happens this weekend with PVL ball coming back, the flick of a switch, and let's change the – or let's re-inf- decide which rules we want to enforce uh, coming up and the way that that's going to affect the the super coach season. It feels like – like he's just waited long enough to go my heavy center wing and fullback strategy tanks the first few weeks. And now as I make the trades to go back to the norm, things are going to open back up again uh, now. And it's, it's going to just cause, you know, huge changes and huge problems, but it's not much of a tirade. I really am just, I'm, I'm just probably sick of the the storylines that go along with that, and uh, but I have been enjoying the the actual football games this season. Yeah, I agree. I wish they wouldn't change anything. I, f- I feel like it's going really well. But PVL going to PVL. My only other small tirade is is, <laughs> is probably just the 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 coming back to the constant, I guess, lack of of research. I wouldn't call myself a numbers. I mean, I call myself a numbers man. I wouldn't call myself a hard data researcher. I'm more of a, I like to have conversations. Oh, I was about to hit you with uh, the only research you did was Marcello Montoya, so maybe it's best <laughs> not to do it. I was going to sting you. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Wasn't it nice to see Marcelo just get over for a little meeting on the weekend another too? Another 55 points in the bank for the big fella. Oh, God. Nah, I'm done. Righto, guys. That's that's. That's been a that's been a beauty, Jono. Thank you very much for coming on again, mate. Uh, really glad to get you back on for a second week, and no doubt uh, got some very got some very very positive feedback about your deep baritone voice. So I think it really brought a bit of a bit of contrast to the pod from the from the usual Ricks Brothers uh, higher pitch. And I think this week with my COVID voice, it's it's come down even to another level, even more bassy than usual. So happy happy to bring that to the to the board for you guys. Cheers, Jono, and yeah, get well soon, and hope the family's doing well. Tubes, thanks again. We'll show sure we'll back for another sparring match next yeah. week. Cheers, Matt. I'm uh, no, I'm I'm pumped for this weekend of Supercoach, and I the the chat's got the mind 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 thinking about what we're going to do this week. You beauty. <laughs>